Hello and welcome to Platforms for Future. This podcast is about building and scaling B2B platform ventures to help you to accelerate and de-risk your journey with practical tips and insights. In our conversations, we talk to founders, executives, and experts uncovering what they experienced and learned building their ventures. But we also cover new trends like ecosystem strategies, IoT and data platforms, Web3 and sustainability. This podcast is complementary to our Platform Innovation Kit toolset and the Platform Academy, where you can find more tools and learning opportunities for you and your team. For more information, please visit platforminnovationkit.com. And now, enjoy today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to this new edition of our podcast, Platforms for Future. I'm Nathalie Dumas-Lamborghini, and I'm here with my major co-host, Matthias. Hi, Matthias. Hi, Hi, Natalie. Also, nice to be back here in the podcast together with you. Yes, I'm looking for adjectives for you every time, but, uh, you know, except my favorite, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Uh, Lovely co-host is is totally fair. (laughs) Major. And so here today, uh, I'm very delighted because we've got a French uh, dream team uh, around the table or around the, the podcast. And we're welcoming Eric Mangin and Paul Tirolois, who are going to introduce CSR platform to us called NOS. Hi, Paul. Hi, Eric. Hello, Nathalie. Hi, Nathalie. So the first thing we do generally is that we ask you to introduce yourselves and introduce the platform introduce uh, NOS to us. Who wants to start? Eric, if, if that's fine, I can start so you can uh, you can go second and uh, and present what we do. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm Paul. Um, so I'm French as Eric. So in a nutshell, I come from a finance background. I used to work in investments and uh, venture capital. And I've been an entrepreneur for the past two, three years, creating this company with Eric mainly over the last uh, two years. So hi, everybody. I'm Eric. Kind of a typical background because I have a background in biology, marine biology, though I work also for the World Bank uh, as a social economic expert. I've been also involved in many humanitarian projects uh, in Asia, mostly. Uh, I've been also uh, a bit curious, like it's a surprise, I've been also CFO and uh, HR director for a large chemical company uh, in China. And uh, I'm an entrepreneur for the last uh, seven years, uh, and now this is my second project. So, what is NOS? I think is the next question. Yes, what so, is NOS? Is NOS? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what we do at NOS is uh, we uh, we we have the the feeling that today that the people uh, wants to address uh, the challenges of the planet and the society. So the people, their clients, their employees, and therefore brands want to, you know, to do things to talk to those people. And for that, we have created a platform, which is to expertise in CSR, and those the, the, the company can develop and, and implement a CSR strategy together with their stakeholders, many employees, but also customers. Important. And and let me just also uh, mention that NOS is written with two O's, N-O-O-S, right? Yeah. So you were saying to us just before that it was, uh, uh, it had a Greek uh, connotation, 
Yeah, so mouse first is a word that is used in, in many countries. In France, it was a company who was providing uh, internet uh, in the 90s. Uh, in Spain, is the name of a scandal. But, uh, but mouse is also a concept, philosophical concept from Plato. And uh, Plato was trying to, uh, to, I would say, to establish what would be the highest level of care and intelligence of humans. And uh, it was collective. So it was... I would say we, and as a matter of, fa of fact, nos became nous in French and nosotros in Espanol. This nos is, is, a, is a sense of belonging of the community and the care of each other, I would say. A funny side fact here. So I'm from Germany, from the eastern part of Germany, from Saxony. And uh, when we say yes, we say no. <laughs> so uh, it's the highest version of saying yes, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for introducing uh, NOS. And you said it's about CSR and helping companies to implement a CSR strategy. Can you specify it a bit more to our listeners so that they can better imagine what it does? Yeah, sure, sure. So how it works. So basically, the, the companies we are working with, there are many companies for which CSR is very important, but they lack the resources internally to build such a project. So for most companies... It's business as usual, but CSR becomes more and more important. But it doesn't mean that they will have a dedicated dedicated team for that. So the typical company we work with, they have a person who is in charge of CSR, but for who it's not the main responsibility, right? Someone for who is going, is going to be 20%, 30% of the time. So I wanted to have a solution that's very easy to implement, that's affordable, and that allows any company to build a CSR strategy with limited resources and financial resources and human resources. So the way it works is uh, we built the solution around uh, a tool, which is uh, which basically allows its users. So the users are mainly the employees of the companies. So it will allow them to engage with impact subjects around environments and society. There are three principal ways the, the users can engage with those uh, subjects. The first one is donations. So it's uh, obviously an easy way to help associations. So what we do is we allow users, so employees, to select projects from associations and companies that respond to specific criteria. We allow them to choose projects that they like and that the company will support. Whenever they want, they can follow those projects. They get news, they get videos, they get testimonials, and they can also donate their own money if they want to. So that's the first thing. The second thing, is that they can give time to these associations to help them. So either the structure, so the association, you can help on finance, communication, fundraising, like a number of subjects, you can help associations. And you can also help the beneficiaries. So mentorship, help on the ground, distribute foods, whatever, you can help people on the ground. And so a lot of companies start to implement that as a way to integrate solidarity into the daily life at work. So that's the second type of uh, engagement possibility that we offer. The third one uh, is what we call challenges and sensibilization. So the way this works is that we have content that we produce and that rotates frequently. And the idea is to engage employees uh, on a regular basis um, with uh, learning content uh, and small challenges that you can do at, at home, at, at work, on the daily life. So it can be uh, using the stairs instead of the elevator. It can be Uh, doing your carbon footprint assessment on the governmental websites can be non a number of things. But the idea is to engage everyone to do small actions, to learn and to get information and to share with others on a daily basis. So we have this tool offering these three solutions to its users. 
And then aside from that, we have a team that's composed with mostly, I mean, tech guys for the platform. And the rest of the team is mainly experts in CSR. And their role is to help the companies in the implementation and in the, the animation of their CSR strategy. So you will have the tool plus a CSR experts to help those companies. So the conclusion is basically any company can have a very engaging CSR strategy with very limited resources, thanks to the combination of the expert and the tool that we provide. To, to add a bit on that, uh, another thing that we do, because uh, we measure the impact of those actions, we know precisely uh, what the effect, the impact on the, on the planet and the society. And so we, we take it, we put it in a space where, you know, uh, companies can communicate the good deeds to their audience. And it's a very big concern for companies to properly uh, talk about what they do in terms of a uh, good thing and, uh, you know, to, to avoid greenwashing and so on. So uh, communicating based on facts and, uh, and, and what they really tangibly achieve is a good way to help them to better communicate internally and externally about those impact slash CSL subjects. Am I right in thinking that you're making accessible for small and medium businesses these type of solutions that maybe bigger corporates would deploy for themselves? Yeah, I mean, right now, the main target is indeed SMBs. Um, so com the companies we target usually are between 100 and 1,000 employees. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not accessible to bigger companies. I mean, the tool especially, the expertise parts, the team that's helping the companies, it may be less relevant for a bigger company because they have one, two, three, five, ten people specifically on that, and they have the degree, the, the the training, whatever. But the tool on the other side, like the technical side, it can be very helpful for them to increase the engagement rates of the employees, of the partners, the clients, or whatever in the strategy of the company. And it can be also very helpful to help them monitor, track, and communicate on their engagements. Typically, most of the companies that make donations, they don't track the impact that's generated by the donation. They just know how much money they gave to what association. Usually, if you ask them what was done with that money, they don't know the response. So it can be a very useful tool for the companies as well, obviously with a higher degree of personalization. So we have done that in the past. So it can be useful for both, but the, the core market we are targeting is SMBs with no dedicated CSR team, only someone that's on that subject part of his time. What I also really like is that you create a CSR strategy bottom-up, right? So when you engage with the employees and you create an awareness of, among them, so they see also if they select the right project, they can have also a positive impact to their close environment, not something far away, but really, really close, maybe next kindergarten or whatever. This creates a lot of awareness and engagement. Is this what you see and what is also the your strategy how you want to tackle uh, a better CSR strategies or create better CSR strategies within companies? The big concern of companies is to converse on CSR topics with the stakeholders, should they be employees and uh, or clients. And what we do with our tools is that, you know, we really engage them in this conversation, it means that at some point they're part of the decision-making. And so what we give is the possibility Uh, of the stakeholders of the brands to just say what they want to support, to, to you know, to indicate the cause they truly care about. So from there, so the company has an alignment with all the stakeholders, thanks to the platform. 
And then the brand can also learn about the interest and the values that are defended by their stakeholders. So they can constantly readjust the brand on their stakeholders. So let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, then uh, now we uh, understand what uh, your what the platform is doing. Maybe you can take us back to the birth of the adventure, a bit of history. So it started it started a bit before the the COVID actually. I was doing some consulting for a big corporate for CSR, and one of the concerns was about leveraging the technology to ease CSR. And so I got this idea about, uh, you know, I mean, more and more clients were asking the brands to, to commit to the planet and the people. And likewise, more and more employees, you know, before they were considering the CSR as a, an impact, as a key criteria. At some point, it was about how we could help small companies and medium companies that have exactly the same challenges for selling or for the recruitment to, to do something. And at this moment, I was in touch with Paul for a while and so on. So we discussed this idea with Paul and we ended up with this project. And uh, since then we are together on this, uh, on this thing. And then you, you came to, to the conclusion, uh, let's build a platform and implement it. Oh, how came you then to the, to the, no, to the uh, final conclusion? We've been we've been talking. So uh, then uh, we started to talk with uh, many many different. Uh, uh, at the beginning, we we're trying to, to see how we could add this CSR value to uh, travel players. Uh, but then we were you know feeling that something were happening out there. So we started to talk to many many different kind of companies, industry typology of companies, and so on. So we realized that all companies, big and small, were needing you know tools and solutions to implement the CSR and to converse about impact with the stakeholders. And mostly for, for at the beginning from small and medium companies, because this is, uh, they are the companies that really need that. So let me be a bit provocative. I think everybody agrees that CSR is a must have, a must do, a must plan. Where it becomes more complicated is, is it a must invest? especially on the SMB market, which suppose have a bit, a bit less budgets available than big corporates. Was this uh, offer received, uh, it, not in terms of capability, of course, but in terms of budget and investment? You put the finger on the on one big problem first, because, yeah, timing, even though the trend is moving fast, Uh, with the understanding of, you know, uh, the impact on the, the CSR strategy or the lack of CSR strategy on the business. It's still for the company a bit fuzzy, you know, like, uh, okay, I, we, we know CSR is extremely important, but it's to have. And what we try to do with all the team is to show that behind that there is losses, losses of opportunities for the funding, for the sales and so on, or for the recruitment. Recently, you know, we just made the math. Uh, we took a lot of uh, studies and so on. And uh, the studies show that if you have a CSR strategy, you can decrease the cost related to your turnover by 35%. It means that people stay more in a company with a CSR strategy than a, a company without the CSR strategy. And as you know, a turnover is a cost for the company because you need to replace the train and so on. So... You know, even for a small company of 100 people, a turnover like 20% is very, very, very expensive, more than 100,000, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the year. So, no, this is not 
the whole solution to address that, but is a part of the solutions. And the investment on us, you know, uh, as SaaS platform, is very limited compared to the cost that you will have to pay if you don't put that uh, in place. Yeah, and actually, what I wanted to add was that the the willingness to invest for companies it has changed. Even the consideration of CSR as a must-have, it, it has changed a lot over the last years. I would say it's a subject that has existed for a long time. It's not new. But for all these years, basically all the time before COVID, uh, CSR was uh, usually related to no decision maker within the companies. There was someone that was here to... Like they didn't have a real decision power. And after COVID, we saw a very big shift in that. We saw a lot of companies in the CAC 40 that started to recruit very politicized CSR, uh, like heads of CSR that were linked to the COMEX, if not the CEO. Today, every single company in the CAC 40 has someone like that. And this resonates into the entire ecosystem. And, and so companies started to do things more and more. And today we see that the awareness and the willingness to, to do something has changed a lot. I would say a, a vast majority of the companies have someone dedicated for CSR, even if it's part of that time. And uh, the willingness to invest is growing more and more. I'd say it's a, what we call a blue ocean. So it's a market that is under construction. So it's not as big as it should be, but it will be. And it's growing a lot. And I would say it, it grows with the willingness to pay from our customers. That what we say, we are convinced it's true, obviously. They were not a few years ago and, and they start to be more and more. And we can see that from the conversations that we have and the signatures that we, that we have. I, I really like the angle where you're coming from especially what Eric mentioned with the employees and group of companies, they see, okay, we have to do something because we are forced to by regulation and law and whatever. So they do the minimal stuff they have to do, do some greenwashing, whatever, buying some certificates, whatever. And then you said, we are not coming from this angle, we're coming from the angle of employees and maybe the war for talent. The more and more employees want to work for an employee employer, who has understood CSR and lives CSR and not just doing it for some certificates. And if you if you don't do it as an employee, if you don't do it right, you will lose your uh, key resources, your employees. So it's more like coming from this human factor uh, perspective instead of you have to do it because of regulation. So I really like it. And you also engage with the employees. So you create some kind of internal network effect inside of a company. So you say, okay, we have a lot of employees in a company and we have a huge workforce and we have a huge uh, number of people. And so why not engaging with them via our platform? So you mentioned also they can select the projects they want to invest in. They maybe can also propose some projects. They can also do some funding. You have also challenges. Do you see or maybe you have also some numbers, how fast it is evolving inside of a company. So maybe at the beginning you have 50 users and then over a period of time it grows and grows and grows. How is the network inside of a company of users growing? Can you talk about that a bit? You know, the, the way it starts really depends on the company and the stage of maturity of the, you know, what they do internally and so on. Uh, in average, uh, after two or three months, we engage one employee out of two. And uh, this, uh, the maximum that we did is uh, 80, 82%, so more than eight employees out of 10. 
So which is a very good rate of engagement for, for such kind of product inside the company. I mean, it's not a mandatory product. Uh, it means that the people really enjoy uh, what we propose. And then our goal today is to really keep them engaged and come back on the platform to learn, learn a lot of things about CSR, about biodiversity, inclusiveness, and so on. And to, uh, you know, to, to have these sessions to bring something to the in society. To answer your questions, it's kind of very quick. It takes us up to three months to reach, I would say, uh, an average uh, on which that the platform is going to engage people. Obviously, we work to improve this number over the time. But what we uh, what we see at NOS is that the two to three months uh, are necessary to reach this uh, this amount of people that are involved in the company. Well, I think that's not that much. I mean, three months to get momentum and engagement from the whole company is not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I think since day one we have uh, we, we have tried to uh, you know to design the product based on the cognitive uh, intelligence and also like uh, design uh, per se. And uh, what we offer is a very uh, I would say progressive experience. So at the beginning, people uh, needs to give their opinion about the CSR strategy. People, you know, it's not a big burden on their shoulders. And for us, this is the beginning of the experience. But it makes, you know, uh, so we need people, you know, to engage people like that. Okay, you have the choice. You can give your vote at some point. And then this is the first result. So, yeah, it's it's fast because I think that people really want to, to be engaged on CSR topics. This is how it works so far on the platform. I would also add to that that the challenge is not only to, to get users to activate the account and to, and to do something. It's also to do that in the long run. This is one of the big challenges of the company. And for that, the network effects are very important. One of the key projects we have this semester is to integrate with uh, teams like the enterprise uh, messaging tools, because we believe that uh, interaction between users can be very efficient in that regard. And maybe also interactions uh, between users from different companies. When it comes to uh, engagement impact, uh, it can be a a very uh, powerful uh, opportunity to let people interact between each other. So, yeah, so the, the, I would say the long run is, is where the challenge really is because today we have rather good numbers in terms of activation and interaction. We are a young company. So what we try to do is to engage them in the long run. And I would say that for that, the network effects are important. And also, so it's, it's a different subject, but around uh, network effects, an interesting thing is that it's not only for users. Most of the features that we have on the platform are related to employee engagement, but we want in the long run, we want to work on clients and partners engagement as well for the companies, tools to, for them to interact with their users, with their clients. And today we are, we already have something that's actually uh, been uh, live for a couple of months or uh, almost a year or 18 months, something like that, that allows companies to launch campaign with uh, pre-financed donations. Typically, we do that a lot for Christmas operations or New Year operations where companies say, uh, send to their clients uh, an email or a card uh, and, and you can scan. And basically it says you can choose an association that you like and we will finance it for you. You know, so you have the money, you can choose the association. And typically around that, there is a strong network effect because we, we have signed other clients because of that, because they received it. They thought, oh, that's cool. Like who's the company behind that? And they saw it uh, during the experience. And so we have companies today calling us, especially in January, because most of these operations were around Christmas. And so we have new companies joining because they received something from another company. 
And sometimes the client of a company is the head of HR of communication of another company. And then you get these network effects that are very interesting for us because over time, it can be a, a very interesting way for us to, to develop the company. Yeah, very interesting. So it's, it, it's also covering the network outside of the organization, not just inside of your organization. So you can combine them. And um, typically, you also measure network effects in two ways. First, as you said, um, how many users you can activate and how fast your network can grow. And second, you also think about the engagement. So how strong do they actually use the network on a daily basis? for example, or monthly basis. Are there any learnings from your side, how you deepen the engagement of users with your platform over the time? So what works well, what works not so well inside of an organization? So, so first, what works well is to add to users, interview with all users to see what they're up to. And we try to uh, develop features uh, that they, they want to see on the platform. What works today is that they really like to give their opinion They really like to do challenges. And what we haven't done enough in the past that we are currently now is try to timeframe their efforts in order to gamify better the, the platform. That means that uh, uh, having you know this uh, period of moments uh, where you engage on something specific with specific learning and so on. So this is something that we try to uh, bring more this year. Mm, can you explain this a bit more? Not sure if I 100% understood this. So I can dedicate some time of myself or I get time to focus on specific things. So today on the platform, you can do so many challenges. The challenges that you do is uh, they're constant or they can, you know, you have to go back on the platform to say that you're still doing it and you don't change your behavior and so on. There was the beginning of the, the features for challenges. To remind you, a challenge is something that you do for the planet and the people. It could be like, uh, I don't know, giving your blood. It could be like uh, no eating meat for a while. It could be stop smoking and so on. But so uh, more than 30% of the users uh, do challenges. And, uh, you know, it works best, I think, that if you start to uh, organize a time frame event, for instance, uh, I don't know, imagine that we are in November, December, so you do special challenges that relates, for instance, to the Black Friday uh, and better understanding of uh, what is the Black Friday and some learning and so on. Something which is more related to news, which is time frame, that you have one month, for instance, to achieve a couple of uh, challenges. And uh, you can challenge also your colleague. For instance, Matthias, you could challenge Natalie to, uh, I don't know, uh, to not eat meat for a month. And then at the end, uh, you know, you gain points. And uh, if you gain points, the company gives more money and so on. So there's many ways that we can do. But what we understood is that from the survey that we got with our users, is that they, they really need us to move a bit more forward with the gamifications. So this is what we, we develop currently. Dear listeners, I hope you enjoy our podcast and you can learn more about building and scaling a successful platform business. I'm Matthias, CEO of Fastbreak One. And as you know, we at Fastbreak One are platform entrepreneurs by heart. Since over 20 years, we are building new platforms and this makes us one of the most experienced platform venture builders around the globe. If you are a corporate and you tried out different strategies, consultants, IT partners, but your platform initiative struggles to scale, please check out our assessment services. 
For example, we work closely together with a leading insurance company who tried to establish a platform for two years, but the results were below expectations and the risk to fail was very high. Within one month, we helped them to understand the bottlenecks and created a step-by-step -step plan to scale. Today, we are working very closely with the company and the platform became a market leader. Yes, we are no consultants. We are entrepreneurs and we love to share the risk and go full in in building new platform ventures. Learn more about our experience and our practices of work at our website www.fastbreak.one or send us an email to contact at fastbreak.one. And now let's go back to the conversation. So if, uh, again, I'm going to ask another touchy question, but uh, it all seems uh, idyllic. I'm sure knowing that, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur is very hard. I'm sure there must have been very hard things or difficulties that you've been through, barriers, whatever. Anything that, uh, specifically that you could share with us? The one thing is that at the beginning, we were supposed to develop Thoughtful tool with, with a very big company, with a multinational company, who were very interested in uh, leveraging the, the CSR with the tools. Uh, but it was straight before the COVID. So it was a kind of big travel company. Then the COVID, so we, this partnership vanished. And so we had to do otherwise. So it was not really helpful. It was beyond control. We had to rethink the way we'll do things. So, but we, so we had to invent a bit uh, the way we, we would develop the product and so on. So more relying on the uh, investment and so on. But uh, I think we did well. And Paul brought a lot of value to that. So uh, eventually it was cool. Once you get over it. Yeah. No, and and, uh, and another thing, it's something that I'm sure a lot of startups uh, encounter in their lifetime. But again, going back to the subject of time to market and the maturity of the need and the, and the people that we address. So what I was saying, so companies were not uh, considering CSR as such an important topic when we launched the company compared to how it is today. One of my key takeaways from uh, being an investor to being an entrepreneur is that we completely underestimate the difficulty to generate revenues. You know, for an investor, it's just a sale in, uh, in an Excel file. Huh? It's uh, very, very easy. <laughs> so you do more and less. It's very easy. Um, we have spent so many hours trying to get people on the phone and then so much time with those people saying how incredible the work we do is and uh, how they need the people like us, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the end, not signing. Like we have spent so many hours doing that and we see it changing currently. So we would not say it's a mistake or whatever. It's just the, the way it is and the way it was and the, the way it's changing. But it was definitely a, a very big barrier for us and a big challenge to overcome. And what we did recently that is also changing. So first, I think that the market is evolving. So it's changing. Uh, so this has nothing to do with us. I mean, probably with us and other players altogether that make it so that the market is evolving altogether. Because clearly people want to do something, but the motivation and the willingness to do something is not enough to pay for a solution. So what we do is we try to put numbers on this in terms of business, because today the way the economy works is based on financial stuff. People invest in companies based on profitability metrics, dividends, whatever. So they need to find their interests financially. So we try to, to, to put numbers on that in terms of employee retention, attractivity, the costs that the companies are, are not seeing in terms of turnover and which we improve all that. I think also improves the sales cycle a lot because companies feel the need to pay 
to avoid all this, which is not the same that saying, hey, you want to save the planet? Yes, of course. But then it's not the same to say that and to find the business opportunities within the companies that will make them sign for, you know, the Trojan horse or whatever it's called. But I think we did a lot of uh, work on that and it's paying uh, right now. Yeah, the way I see it is uh, because we are, you know, thinking uh, we're working on platforms with impact also on our side. And the way I see it is uh, as long as eventually we enable people or companies or we enable the development of impact, whatever it is, CSR, environmental impact, etc., even if it means that to start with, we've got to drive it with uh, an argument that is a financial argument, well, I think uh, as long as the end goal is there, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But in reality, it's always more complicated, but... uh... (laughs) No, but I think, well, unless I wasn't clear, but I think what I'm saying is that what you're describing doesn't surprise me and doesn't shock me either, because I think the goal is to drive CSR, okay? But if we have to do it by showing that it's a financial benefit, then so be it, right? As long as eventually we enable CSR and we drive CSR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, from uh, what we see uh, on a daily basis, most of the companies work on CSR because uh, for, for business reasons. Not necessarily money, but employee retention is a very human topic as well. But CSR has an impact on that. And they know that it's true. Even the older CEOs, a feedback I had a couple of times was that, you know, you, you have these, uh, this persona of the, of the 60 year old uh, CEO who is not the best friend of, uh, you know, climate challenges. <laughs> and uh, the, the feedback I had a couple of times was that it's because of their children and, and grandchildren that they think of that and that they realized how much their teams wanted because their children during the, the Christmas dinner or whatever, they talk to them about it and they realize how important it is. But again, it's not because they want to, it's because they realize how important it is to other people that in the end they decide to do it. So it's not necessarily linked to the, 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 the own conviction or the, of the CEO that they have to save the planet or the society. Usually it's because of other business reasons. And so it's, it's fair. I mean, uh, it's how it is. So we try to leverage that as, as much as we can. And I think this is maybe the the better strategy. Yeah? All those, let's say, old CEOs, whatever, they are programmed by their old business schools and their experience in the last 20, 30, 50 years or whatever. So they are like they are. They are mainly profit-driven. Um, so they are programmed to be profit-driven, and it's really hard to reprogram them. But yeah. um, but they, are, they have a kind of an awareness around what is happening around them. And if people are more and more aware... And um, CSR needs to be needs to be there. That there needs to be a strategy for that. There needs to be a positive impact to the planet, to the people. Then they uh, they maybe have to rethink their choices, their decisions. So I, I really like your strategy: how to engage with the people, and also what you mentioned that you know, maybe share it with the with the clients and so on. Then you also see a network effect outside of it. So, it's, uh, it, but it sounds also a bit that. It helped you as NOS to spread the word and to uh, create network effects for you as a platform, for you as a company. Uh, so it has also a positive impact to your reach outside into the market uh, to get more visibility uh, and more engagement with customers. And uh, coming to my question, so you mentioned you have a positive impact to the employee retention rate, but is there also another 
measurement you can talk about that you think, okay, having nodes implemented for half a year or one year or whatever, it has also another positive impact to the company. Yeah, what we do, what we do is uh, we measure the impact. So uh, the company knows perfectly. First, they engage the people, but then they can communicate on, on achievement, which are the numbers of hours of high uh, education given to vulnerable people, for instance, could be the square meter of, uh, of land of, uh, or sea that have been protected, restored for the biodiversity and so on. So after a while, after six months since, the company just can say like, okay, uh, we have achieved that. We have achieved that uh, positive impact uh, for the planet and the people. This is something that we measure through and which is also a part of the product, uh, which go you know alongside the engagement of the people. And then what we can also say is that to give a better idea, better understanding to the company about what means impact to their employees. I mean, because for you, uh, impact has a significant definitions, which might be a bit different than Natalie's definition of impact. And because of your choice on the platform, because of uh, what we do on the platform, we can match, I would say, that profile, what uh, the community of this company think uh, of impact. From there, the company can adapt a bit strategy of the, the, the conversation they have with their employees and uh, eventually with their clients. Yeah, that's uh, also an interesting point in the ROI, if I can say it like this. Uh, the fact that they can communicate this information to their customers or partners uh, is also very interesting in terms of brand or whatever business for them. Because they could spend a lot of money in marketing saying, we're doing this, we're doing that. But here you've got, I guess, numbers or whatever, that some elements that they can communicate on. So uh, you, yeah. you created the company in 2020, 19? Yeah, uh, 2020. 2020. And how many users do you have now? Or are you, if you are allowed to say? <laughs> yeah, about 10,000. 10,000. The first year has been uh, just, you know, about uh, launching the product, preparing the product and so on. So we just launched the product early 2020, 2021. And then at the beginning, it was uh, mostly about, uh, you know, uh, getting some feedback, iterate the product in order you know, to launch a, a good product. Yeah, so it's quite a, a rapid growth. I mean, if you, if you see the, the good point for us, uh, and this is the interesting part of the story, I mean, 2021, we have this kind of flat, uh, almost nil curve of uh, usage. And since the six months, it's pretty exponential. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a very good thing for us. It brings more problem on the table. Uh, we will say that we better enjoy those problems. But it will reassure the VCs like, like uh, Paul was saying earlier, right? Because it's good for the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can also not only engage with the employees and make them create selections or to participate in some challenges, but maybe you can also connect to their smart brains and you could say, hey, what would you suggest to empower our CSR strategy? And maybe the employees have much better ideas than the decision makers. And so you can also build on top of the combined smartness of the employees and maybe you have a better and maybe also a cheaper uh, but better 
a CSR strategy compared to what maybe the decisions makers would think of. So, yeah, and actually the users are involved a lot in the features development. So obviously the our buyers are involved, uh, but our users are involved as well. So we ask them what they would like to see. And in the end, it benefits all the companies, but we try to involve them as much as possible. Um, unfortunately, we are running out of time, but it's a very, very great example of a platform within a company, how you can create network effects inside of a company, engage with the employees, also shutting down the the borders of your company and engage with the clients so you can also spread the word outside. So it's really the perfect example of how to leverage network effects and drive CSR forward. Eric, Paul, thank you very much for sharing this, this story with us. We always ask a kind of a last question to our uh, guests, sharing major lessons learned or major advice with other leaders. So what would be your recommendation? What would be your advice to other leaders maybe related to CSR, related to platforms, network effects, whatever you think. What is your major learning you would like to share with the other ones? From day one, we have invested a lot in the team and especially in design. I would say like uh, when you do a product, most of the time, some people don't think about uh, the design and so on. And uh, I think that for, for us at NOS, we invested from day one uh, in design. The design is the UX, the UI, but also, you know, the ergonomy of the product. And uh, since, the, since the day one, we had, uh, you know, this design budget uh, in the business plan. Because at the end of the day, uh, a platform is something that people need to enjoy playing with. And for us, it has been the right move. Unfortunately, we didn't have much money to invest on marketing first. But uh, this is something that we can do now, uh, from now. But yeah, design has been always something very important to work. And uh, I'm trying to think of something, but I would say that on my side, I would say that we never uh, say it enough, but resilience, I mean, it's known for uh, startups, but resilience is important going back against the subject of uh, time to market. So, so in most of the cases, people are too late and they come in a market where a lot of stuff has been done and there is a lot of competition. So it's hard. In our case, it's the opposite. So we come early in a market where there was uh, not a lot of solutions already existing, but so you need to educate people. It takes time. And so uh, you need a lot of resilience, <laughs> yes. more than we can think. <laughs> I can echo that one for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, both of you. Well, all of you, I would say. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, maybe... Then, uh, um... In a few months, we can uh, invite you again and you can uh, tell us uh, how you've uh, projected yourself to uh, maybe one of the the impact unicorns that uh, <laughs> that we are aiming for. We now. hope so. <laughs> maybe maybe the unicorn uh, aspect will be in terms of uh, impact. If we collect a billion euro in donation. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought we'd go for zebras and not unicorns. Uh, for zebras, <laughs> yes, but uh, that's a whole new uh, discussion. <laughs> so, Eric, Paul, thank you very much for joining. It was a great story. And uh, we cross our fingers that you can continue with your growth rate, your exponential growth, network effects, and having a great impact. Thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks so much.